All right, here we go in three, two, one. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Sports Medicine Broadcast, a podcast to promote and improve your practice as an athletic trainer. It is March 3rd, so we're celebrating National Athletic Training Month. So happy National Athletic Training Month. And as a parent, I talk uh, talk often on the podcast just about my life as a parent. However, I have a wife. We have three kids and a foster daughter. And there's no way I could do what I do as an athletic trainer without my wife. There's no way I could manage the family and all the stuff I have to do here at work. Uh, and certainly not do them both well because I just I couldn't do one of them really well without the other. <clears throat> but Dr. Erin Hassler uh, has been living that life for a while, so she has earned her DAT, and then she's been on the podcast a couple of times. So she's brought a couple of friends as well who are single mom athletic trainers. So Paula Cook is a friend we go way back who used to cause trouble sitting in the back of the uh, Hats meetings. Tashandra Abner is a classmate of Dr. Erin Hassler, and... We have an AT student at USF, Chikaya Miles, right? And she said she just goes by K. K is a student at USF, and once she graduates, she'll um, be a full-time athletic trainer, and then her daughter there will be staying with her. And so these women are athletic trainers or in the process of becoming, and they are also moms and doing it by themselves. So first of all, thank you for improving the profession. Thank you for taking care of your family and raising those kids to to love and respect others. So this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash single mom ATs. Again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash single mom ATs, where we'll have contact information for each of these ladies down at the bottom. Um, so without much further ado, Dr. Aaron Hessler, let's start off with you. What is your AT story? How did you get into athletic training? And then we'll let Everybody give it, get a chance to go. Good morning. Uh, so I am in my 21st year of athletic training uh, out of school. And I went to school in Atlanta. I've always been in math and science uh, magnet classes and um, from, from elementary all the way up to, to high school. So I was like a math and science nerd and uh, still am. And always a tomboy. Always playing a sport, always running around. Uh, digging worms, wrestling, <laughs> whomever, <laughs> racing in the street. And uh, when I got to college, I just kind of put those t- things together. I think it was uh, probably the Olympics in Atlanta, 96. I was running in college and um, saw like a short little story on the news where they were talking about the background roles uh, that kind of were a part of the Olympic movement and they were talking about the medical staff. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I think I can do that. And I guess the rest is history. So that's my short story. I can always make it longer. So just let me know. That worked. That gives us a pretty good intro, good starting point. All right, Paula, I have you next on my list. How did you get into athletic training? Absolutely. So it's been 20 years for me outside of college, but I will say it's been 28 years that I have been in the athletic training um, world. And so 
I started, I live in Texas. And so in Texas, there are student athletic trainers because we were fortunate enough to have athletic trainers at our schools. And so I actually started athletic training when I was 13 years old. Um, I did not like PE. And so I did my darndest to do cheerleading and basketball, any team that I could get on. So I didn't have to take PE. And I was a cheerleader and I jumped down a flight of stairs before the playoff game. And I had to go to the athletic trainer because I was going to cheer in that game and that's when I found it I'm like oh my god I am missing it this is where I need to be so from my it was my ninth grade year so from ninth grade year all the way till today I've been an athletic trainer and it's been amazing um all through high school all through college and all through my professional life so that's my story did you cheer in the game Absolutely, I did. And I was a little boy crazy too. So um, it was about being closer to the guys in the training room. And that whole story will unfold later, which is why I single parented. Yeah, we got we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> All right. Kate, I got you next on my list. Let's, let's uh, get to your story. Okay. Um, so basically, long story short, I was an athlete, same way. Um, I got injured a lot, actually, because um, I play ball year-round. Got really close with my athletic trainer in high school. She taught me how to tape ankles. I did the whole water thing for our football team. Kind of fell in love with it. Knew that's what I wanted to do when I went to school. Um, I went to Tennessee State for undergrad um, for athletic training, and I just knew that that's what I wanted to do. But because it wasn't accredited at TSU, I was going to have to go to an entry-level grad program. Um, fell in love, got, uh, engaged, was waiting on him to graduate because I graduated a year before him. So I went ahead and went to grad school for exercise science and life happened, had a baby. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, you know, when she gets older, I'm going to go back and I'm going to finish because this is what I wanted to do. So again, life happened. We split, um, went our separate ways, our co-parenting, um, and then I was like, you know, my daughter's going to be older. I'm going to move to Florida and I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to get my certification and we're going to do it. And so we moved here for, I was here for a year and then um, grad school started and it was kicking my behind my first year trying to juggle and do everything. So we decided that it would work better. Um, for her to kind of go back and forth um, between us. And then COVID happened. So the whole virtual school kind of helped in a way for me to be able to still have access to her. So she came back while um, COVID was happening and she just left in November to go back with dad. Um, so get ready for boards and BOC stuff. Gotcha. And then you are slated to graduate in May. So good luck with yes, that. Yes, I still my boards on the 16th and i take them somewhere between the 27th and april 10th and that's all she wrote that's all she wrote <laughs> all right and then and then miss miles what is your at story i'm sorry no miss miles i'm sorry i, I mixed up the last name miss abner to chandra what is your uh, at story um mine that's, that's <laughs> forgive me let me try again dr abner <laughs> Would you please share your AT story? Um, my story is similar to Paula. Um, 
I was born and raised in Florida, and sports are big here. We always have, or at least I can't say always, but the high school that I went to had an athletic trainer on staff, which was not just an athletic trainer, but she was a close family friend that I've known since I was elementary school. So I was probably, you know, during that day and time, I was probably one of the few elementary students that knew what an athletic trainer was. And by the time I got to high school, she was my ride to and from school. So I didn't really have a choice but <laughs> to join the athletic training um, club that we had at the high school. So I started at the high school level as well. Um, I danced and cheered and played other sports. But during my off season, I always helped um, Miss Amani. That was our athletic trainer. And then I knew from the beginning, just seeing that world, I knew I always wanted to do something in the medicine field. You know, when I was younger, I thought maybe pediatrician because I always wanted to work with, you know, kids and youth. But then I started thinking about, you know, the, um, you know, having to get shots and making them upset. And when athletic training kind of revealed itself and I was like, I love sports. My family is a huge sports fanatic group. And if I could mix medicine and sports together and I could watch my favorite sports and not even have to pay to see them and I get paid to watch them. I was like, bet, this is the career I wanted to do. So I went to um, Lenoreine University in North Carolina to receive my undergrad degree, because uh, back then, as you all, all know, there wasn't that many accredited schools around. Um, but like a true Floridian, I thought it was way too cold up there. So as soon as I graduated, um, the person I was dating at the time, who was then my fiance, um, I convinced him to move back to Florida. And we got married. Um, we were married for about seven years. Uh, during that time, I went to grad school at UCF, started working at the high school level as an athletic trainer within um, Orange County. And around the seventh, eighth year, we um, finally were pregnant, super excited. But unfortunately, during the pregnancy, he realized that he, you know, didn't want to be part of the family anymore. So I, you know, started from day one with my daughter. Even when she was an infant, I would have her in the baby bajone, strapped in, covering games, because daycares don't stay open until 10 o'clock. <laughs> so that's my story. <laughs> All right. So you are currently in Florida, Dr. Abner. What is, and are you still working at the high school? No, I left the high school about two years ago. I, um, once I realized, A, because they kept adding sports, um, I'm not sure how it is over there, but we were up to 36 um, sports with freshman JV varsity, and I decided to leave when they decided to throw in beach volleyball as a sport that we had to cover as well. Um, so I was like, even though I had two assistants with me, it was still a lot of nights, a lot of coverage, as well as teaching on top of it. So I left the high school about two years ago, started teaching online absolutely love it so now I could go and watch all my daughter play in all of her soccer and basketball games that she's now interested in because she's 11 um, and I teach at a university as well um, adjunct and then I pick up freelance work at Disney when they have uh, events at Wide World of Sports and I do a lot with Special Olympics. All right, very good. Kay, yeah. your end goal would be to work where? <laughs> So uh, I am actually, so long-term wise, I would like to do semi-pro basketball. Um, I would love to end up in G League type deal. However, 
graduating, I am going through it at the moment, trying to figure out what setting is going to work best for me and my daughter. Um, I was always set on thinking that I was going to have to do clinical setting like hospital or post-op type um, stuff just because I need something Monday through Friday, eight to five while she's at school because I don't have any family or friends here in Florida. Like it, it literally was, I'm going to do this and we just going and we'll figure it out. So, um, yeah, right now I literally just was talking to my preceptor actually yesterday because they have high schools that are going to have open positions. And I've actually fell in love with the high school setting since I've been here. But the fact that Friday we had a game until 1030 and I don't get home until like 1130. It's just me trying to figure out what is going to be conducive for me and my daughter, because though some schools allow you to bring, you know, your child and she can stay, it will be perfect. However, I am also used to having my daughter on a schedule, which does not work for our lifestyles. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm literally really just trying to figure it out as far as right now, like what I'm going to do. I know what I want to do long-term and, you know, figuring out the process to get there. But me, I'm struggling with trying to figure out what I'm going to do right now because she'll be back with me full time. And I don't want to, miss out on I feel like right now I've already missed out on a lot because I've been in school for these two years and it has literally taken up everything that I have no free time to do anything so right now that is where I'm struggling trying to and me and um Miss Erin have talked about it a few times like she has heard a lot of my struggles and trying to help me because I have no village here and it is definitely difficult so I didn't really answer your question because I don't have an so, answer I'm going to do right now. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I mean, you, you still got some time to figure it out. It. And, yeah. So we know what you want to do, and then you just got to figure out the path to get there. So, All right, Paula, you're currently at the in the hospital setting and outreach. So what does your job look like right now? Yes. So um, it's changed a little bit since COVID. Um, and I have been at Methodist for 10 years um, and in, in, this set, in this setting. And my job is different every year. Um, we, in the corporate setting, we don't have summers. So it just kind of goes. So I call it every year I have something different from a school assignment perspective. So the first five years that I was here, I was assigned to a private school. And during the day, we did business development things like um, health fairs and, you know, visiting schools and talking to the community, letting them know we were here for their students, I mean, for their student athletes. And then in the evening, I would about three o'clock go to the private school and either do injury clinic or and or sports coverage. And so that was my life for that amount of time. And then after that, I got to move to, um, I moved over to sports performance coordinator and I didn't actually have a school. So I was able to move around the community and kind of fill in where needed, but also start a sports performance program, which was really awesome and helped to coordinate that. So I also have um, a, a master's in educational leadership because at the time I was like, oh, okay, we're gonna transfer being a single mom, needed something a little more stable. So I thought, 
Um, and then I got offered this position at Houston Methodist. And it has been a little easier in the hospital setting um, to what Kay was saying, you know, to, to juggle. But there's still sports coverage and we're still at the games. Like last night, I didn't get done until 930. Um, I will say to Kay that a village is so, so critical in this situation. So, so critical. And my heart goes out to you anywhere that you can find or when you settle to find a village. Because unfortunately, we have to be honest with the way this job is set up. It's, it's going to be late nights. And unless you're working in a clinical setting, like you said, and working for a doctor where you're basically like an MA type situation, athletic training is just not going to happen eight to five. Man, I wish it would right. because it would be yeah. so, I mean, man, <laughs> but um, it's, it's just not. And I will say, you know, being a single parent and we can talk on it a whole nother day, but I'm on divorce number two. And so I've had, you know, some, a little bit of help every now and then. However, still um, my parents have been my rock from the beginning and then pairing up with people like Aaron to, you know, be able to communicate with and we tag team and we, you know, lift each other up. But I, I tell you, sweet love, please try to find somewhere where you can get a village, get close to somewhere. Um, my son's father is in Georgia and like you with the, with the uh, verb, I got a chance to send him to see his dad and to kind of hang out there. But that was what, a month and a half? I'm, I'm mama, I'm the primary. So um, it gets a little rough and tough, but I will tell you the, the, what has gotten me through and what has allowed me to continue my career up the success ladder has been that village. So gotta do it, gotta do it. All right, yeah. Paula, we're gonna come right back to you with the story that you kind of teased us with, uh, hanging out in the training room, loving the boys. But I wanna hear Dr. Aaron Hessler, what <laughs> is your current employment situation? Uh, everywhere, all the time. Um, so I have a sports medicine consulting practice. Uh, a part of it is clinical. Some of it is uh, leadership and education. Um, I also have a, a nonprofit and we underwrite some, some activities, which is how I met um, Kay. Um, we host some activities, one of them being the Sisterhood uh, Mixer, which coincides with NATA. And you and I've talked about that before, Jeremy. Um, my, I'm, I'm here now, but my, my day job is uh, as a high school uh, health science instructor. And um, that's really allowed me to match my schedule with my kid's schedule. He's in the 10th grade now as a high school athlete. Um, we're in the same district, so we can, we get off at the same time. We would go into school at the same time versus me having to uh, go on the other side of town where we used to live, which is closer to Paula be at school at seven or 5.30, depending on what, what is needed and then have to figure out his schedule. Now we're able to pretty much follow the same, same schedule. So that's where I am right now. Um, I also um, teach adjunct for uh, a graduate program online. So that's the employment situation. Um, Kai, we're going we're gonna to get on you today. We're going to talk to you today, but I'm going to stay on Jeremy's schedule, so. <laughs> All right, Paula, give us, the, yep, yeah. give us the dirty details. So um, 
I I love guys and um and so, I mean I do and so I love but I love people and guys are part of the people right and so um what I noticed and 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 all all jokes aside what I did find in the training room that really fascinated me and drew me in was the opportunity to not just cheer for them go fight win but to actually be part of them being the athlete to actually be a part of them doing their best and being on that field and taping that ankle and watching them perform and, you know, maybe putting them in the ice bucket and, okay, when they get out, now we can do rehab and showing that my exercises, oh, that I stood there and counted out, now they're actually running again and then going from, you know, limping to running. I mean, so that is what really amazed me. Of course, you know, yes. So we'll keep that. We'll keep it PC. However, um, that was what was really fascinating. And then just being able to be up close and have a more personal relationship with them and learning about them. Athletes have a lot of psychological pressures and it was neat as it just, even a high school student, just understanding what they go through every day and how an athletic trainer plays such a big part in facilitating peace and performance and everything that they need to be the best and so i mean it was just fascinating and it was fascinating to see your work in the training room be played out on the field in 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 their arena so that's what i meant by i like the voice and um yeah they can definitely hear my voice huh yeah 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 and yes and they can definitely hear i love you a lot stronger, you know, my story here. They um, they can definitely hear my voice a lot stronger, even as though yelling as a cheerleader, they could hear me in the training room, being up close and, and being able to have that personal relationship to drive them forward. So that's it, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it sounded like you were wanting to get into uh, some mentoring here for, for Kay. So I know I just recently talked with Alan Parcels. He's at Amazon and he was talking about how that is great for the hours as far as athletic training because it is a nine to five however you also mentioned with industrial there's a lot of missed treatments like you you don't treat them there's you don't do a lot of hands-on so there's a lot of skills that you learn as an athletic trainer that you don't do you do a lot of paperwork you do um, uh, risk reduction and then you know you're basically passing them on and you have to learn all the OSHA stuff so that is a option, but I don't know if that's where you want to go. So you got something to say. Go ahead, Kay. So I have actually thought about it. I've actually been in contact because they actually, um, I, I started looking for jobs and um, Amazon was one of them that came up. It wasn't a position actually for a certified athletic trainer. It was for an injury specialist. Mm -hmm. Now, money-wise, Amazon starts out beautifully when it comes to, especially when you've been broke for a very, very long time. <laughs> So I've definitely considered it. My struggle with it is for one location. Um, the one Amazon that actually is hiring for a certified is in Orlando. And then two, <laughs> and I know, and that's anyway, that's another thing. Um, and two, I just don't want to be bored. I don't know if body correction and ergonomics is going to be something that I will be able to do long term. And so that is another one of my struggles because I I feel like I don't want to sacrifice me enjoying going to work. 
Like, I don't want to sign up for something and hate going every day because I've already sacrificed a lot. Like, I'm, you know, I know I look a little young, but I've been, you know, fighting this fight to get what it is that I want, and which is athletic training. And this has been 15 years that, you know, I've had to put some stuff on hold. Yes, ma'am. Yes. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna catch you right in there. Mm-hmm. This is a, this part is not athletic training. This is what we talked about before. So we're gonna grab our words okay. and we're gonna put them in the direction we wanna go. Okay. We're just gonna re want and put them in the direction you want them to go in. Because all of us on this one call, all of us, we love sports, right? We love sports. We love the excitement. We love the adrenaline. We love our athletes. But the one thing that makes us great is that we make the adjustment. So when you look at a job, when you look at life, when you look at whatever the plan is, take it like a rain out game. You have to reschedule. You have to rethink how you do it. You still got to show up. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the blessing in it is, is that everything's temporary, right? So we do whatever we need to do until what? Christmas break. Then we do something again until we make it to spring break. Then we do it again and then we got summer for a little bit. Like if you if you look at life in chunks, it's not gonna be so big. You'll be able to manage whatever it is, whatever the job is, because think about how different everything is in the last 12 months, right? We literally are right on the 12 month mark this week of when the, when the country got shut down, right? So literally everything's changed how we do school how we go to the grocery store how we whatever everything's changed and we're still here mm-hmm. so you got to think what do athletic trainers do we adapt we adjust and and that's all the time and i know as a parent you want to be the perfect parent but the truth is kids adjust too and if mm-hmm. they see you adjust they adjust too all you got to do is make sure they know you care about them and then that's it. I don't make promises. That's where I start. I don't make a promise. The only promise I can make to you is I'm going to feed you. I'm going to make sure we have somewhere to live that's clean because I just can't stand it. I can't stand dirty. I can't do it. And and I'm going to love you. That's it. That's all I got. I have nothing else that I can promise you. Right. That's it. I, I agree. Yeah, um, you're going to ride with me and that's it. Right. And I, I think I'm on the back side of it. So you not the backside, but at a different stage at it. So I can tell you that if you do those things, you will be all right. Go ahead. Hey, Doc. <laughs> I was just going to say, you know, from my daughter's aspect, when I told her that I was leaving the high school, she was completely bummed. You know, as a mother, I kept thinking, you know, she's missing out. I can't get her to the sports practices that she wants to play. I can't get her to this because I'm covering this event. Um, but in her eyes, because that's how she was brought up, she knew mommy was picking her up after school. We were going to the athletic training room. My student athletic trainers were going to help her with homework. She got to have fun setting up water and things like that for the game. And she hung out and, you know, on the field with us when we covered the game. She didn't know anything different. She didn't realize she was missing anything out. To her, she didn't understand why other people didn't get to do that. Why, why don't you get to go to work with your mom all the time? Why don't you get to hang out? You know, for and for the longest time, I will say she thought she was a high schooler. You know, she was ready to go to prom. She wanted to go to homecoming. 
because she was always around that atmosphere. You know, and so I only had to make, like, you know, Aaron said, I didn't make the adjustment to my career until she got to the age where sports needed to be a little bit more competitive. And she did need to, you know, not just that, you know, weekend practice and game following. She actually needed those, you know, a couple extra nights practicing or, you know, going to swim so that she could be, you know, good in the swim competition, you know, those nightly practices. That's when I finally made my adjustment and everything. And, you know, now it's two years in and, you know, it's a new normal for us. And that's what I always talk about. You know, everything's a new normal. It's an adjustment. There's always going to be, no matter what job you look at, it's always going to be some aspect that, you know, you probably don't really care about. Like, you know, I worked in the high school forever. I wasn't the biggest fan of teaching. Like, I used to tell my students all the time, I'm only here for athletic training, but I have to teach you these two periods, and then when I'm done, I'm going to go back to my real job. Like, I would start class like that all the time. And there's always small aspects, but, I mean, you have to give some to, you know, to take some. And that's going to be in any career that you want to do. There's no perfect job out there. I agree. And I honestly never even thought about it, I guess, like from that standpoint. Like, I just, being a military brat, I've always Mm -hmm. been used to structure. And even though I know in this field that I've I've had to adjust with this, but I I didn't have her being, you know, undergrad. I was first attempting to do this type of stuff. So it looking at it I guess from that perspective I've never looked at it from you know like that so that does help a lot so I mean she loved it she made new friends you know Dr. Abner we mentioned the tribe having your your people around you that can help pick up the kids or support you even just encourage you talk a little bit more about what that looks like and how you've developed that um it really started even though I wasn't the biggest fan of teaching that's where I kind of found my tribe foundation because we all were young. We all started off, um, we opened a brand new school. And so we were there from the get go. So we were kind of all around the same age. We all had gotten married around the same time. Um, and at the time the school only had two certified athletic trainers and we actually got pregnant the same year. Like, cause we just planned everything together. So <laughs> that was fun telling our principal, we were doing maternity leave at the same time. <laughs> um, but uh, that was my tribe, like other teachers that I met just in the hallway, uh, talking, you know, asking questions, you know, oh, you know, this didn't happen during the pregnancy or even like when we just talk about marriage stuff, that's truly my tribe where I met my best friend. And, you know, those are the people, all of our kids are roughly around the same age. Some are a little older than my daughter, but those are the people I will always ask different advice and questions to um, over the years. And, you know, if you look at my daughter's record at school, those are the people that are allowed to pick her up from school, you know, and if an emergency happens and I couldn't get to her, those are, the, you know, her emergency contacts. And that was my first set of tribes that I found. My second one, actually, I call them my mommy squad. These were the individuals that um, I met through my daughter. These were individuals that were um, kids that were all in my child's VPK and daycare, and we didn't really know each other until we all ended up at the same elementary school. And then we're like, wait, I think I have a picture of your kid when they were like two playing with my kid, and there's like seven of us. And so now we have that group too, and that's nice because those all are people that live around us, 
So those are the people I run to. I'm like, up, oh, I can't get Z. Can somebody go pick her up from school? All right, you have drop off. Okay, I'll grab your kids next week. And, you know, so I met my second tribe of moms through my daughter, through her friends and her parents and getting to know them and, you know, us having play dates and then it turned into mommy play dates. And, you know, we kind of sometimes we'll do our play dates without the kids. Um, <laughs> just to have some of that break time. But I definitely, I cannot say you need a village. You need a tribe. You need that, you know, person for good and bad. You know, when you get excited about something, you want somebody to hurry up and call and somebody's going to run over to your house and pop a champagne bottle with you and celebrate. And then if it's a bad situation, you need somebody that's going to hold you. And I'm just, I think I'm fortunate that I have those two distinct groups that I could run to and that I could always call no matter what time it is. I was going to say something too, Jeremy, if I can. Um, th thanks for having us here today. But one of the things I wanted to make sure that I express is that I don't even call myself a single mom. Because I think um, oftentimes it comes with a connotation of I'm missing something or I'm struggling in some way or how will I make this happen? And so it comes from like a like the reverse of my optimistic mindset, right? So, well, I mean, who are you to tell me I can't do anything? That's just kind of how, that's like my sweet spot. Like, okay, you're telling me I can't do something? Okay, watch me. So I don't even own that. If anybody even tries to put me in a single mom category, but I mean, Jeremy's my, Jeremy's my guy, right? So I'm not offended. <laughs> I'm not offended at all. I'm like, you know, if Jeremy wants to talk about it, whatever Jeremy wants to talk about, we'll talk about, but I don't own it because from the beginning, it always looks like I'm missing something or I need something in order for me to get by. So, I mean, I became a parent, an individual parent, not really truly co-parenting when my son was not even two. So he doesn't even remember having two parents in, us in the same house. He doesn't know anything else. So at least emotionally, I didn't have to worry about that. I didn't have to worry about trying to make up for something or trying to, you know, make him extra happy. It's like, whatever I say it is, it is what it is. And so that for me was a blessing. I didn't have to worry about that particular thing. But at the same time, you don't have to try to make up for someone else either. You are a mom. You're the mom. If someone, if the dad is not there, you got to ask God for like, who are these people that are supposed to speak into this kid from that perspective and that they be good people and that they, you know, that you have enough discernment to, to help select those people. The other thing I would say is I had nannies. I have family. I have, um, and, and I'm fortunate enough to have family here in Houston. I wasn't as close to them when I first moved here because they were, they were older than me. So, you know, like I was, I was a kid in high school and they were like grown and married, right? So there's an age gap, but at the same time, I, I started to reach out to them and I started to build that relationship. So, I mean, it, it just became my, my group, my tribe. When you don't have that, sometimes you do have to rely on paying somebody, you know, and, and that's okay. There were times where I've worked camps and I literally, the money that I made from that camp, I had to turn it all of it over to the babysitter. Yep. Just so I could go. 
just so I could be exposed to another group of people so I could network. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to make any money. Sometimes I thought I was. And at the end of the day, I really didn't. <laughs> Thinking I'm making at least 300 and I'm getting $50 a, you know, and a smile. And I got to take it and I have to give it over to, to you know, the babysitter. But I think changing that, just your verbiage. I'm real big on words. So, like, I don't even let anybody put me in that category. I, I just say don't. household because I hold it down. That's what I tell people all the time. Yeah. I was like, I hold it down. On I'm the tax. I was, I mean, like, regardless <laughs> of even though everything is new and all that, like, I'm not new to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. I know at the end of the day, I'm going to make something happen because that's all I know how to do. Mm -hmm. I've never really had a village. I've always kind of done or had to do it kind of on my own. You know what I mean? So, for me, it's like, yes, I take it all and it it I'm an overthinker first. And so after I go through those emotions and after I have that, I will manage my emotions. I will manage what it is that I'm trying to do. And I'm a planner. So I will sit and me and me and Ms. Erin have had these conversations as well. And she has made me sit and, you know, write down what it is that you do already have and what it is that you need and then connect those dots. And so I have, you know, started trying to build relationships as far as like our academic advisor left. So she is somebody that I know that I couldn't count on. It comes to sometimes me having to let somebody help me as well because I am so used to doing it by myself. Mm -hmm. That's all of us. Paula yeah. gets on me and I get on her. Both we do the same thing, but the other thing is being flexible. Mm -hmm. I will, I'm at work right now. I am now, I'm, I'm done with my teaching for the moment. I'm on my off period, but the truth is, I'm at work right now. But let me tell you what I will do the moment that this job is not conducive to my household, I'm out, right? I'm gone. I don't care what it is, if it's detrimental to home, I gotta go, and that is why I keep my business. Like I still, when I walked into this job, I woke up that morning and I was like, you know, I really, I guess I'll go get a job today. I applied for the job. They called me at 10 o'clock by 2.30. I was interviewing. I had the job by eight. When, when I, but I knew I needed to, to make that shift that day. I made that shift. I'm here. I'm grateful I'm here because during the pandemic, it's been the stability that we needed, been able to buy, buy, buy a home, the one that I wanted, the neighborhood that I wanted, all of those things. But the second I have to make an adjustment, the adjustment is there, but my business is always there. And I told them that in the interview and they, they knew, but, the, but I asked for a place to work where they understand family. And that's, that's what this place is. And I say, I, I'm saying that to say, put that on your list. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I need a job where they'll allow me to bring my family in. Every job I know, my son is sitting right there. My my last WNBA game, he's sitting right on the floor. If you find the footage, he's on a blanket on the floor. Why? Because the babysitter couldn't get him because the streets were flooded. Had to bring him. Mm -hmm. You know, he's on the sideline at the football games when I was teaching when I was at the high school, on the treatment table like this, mm -hmm. watching his DVD player, and it was loud, and he was just in his zone. He became the little mascot. He even got him a homecoming mom, like the girls had. Like he had everything. He was like, you know, and and those people still follow him. Those high school kids came to his birthday party. 
they yeah. they you know check on him now they start saw pictures of him when he turned 16 two weeks ago and they still oh my gosh i'm so proud of, you know look for places that support what you need don't just look for a place right. with a check that's very true Make Sometimes sure. the money may not be exactly what you want it to be, but if it's a better situation for you right then, then that's what you do until the next thing comes. It works. It definitely works. Because I know when I made the transition, you know, a lot of times people are like, ooh, online, that's easy. You know, you're at home. But our principal, like, she's amazing. Her and her husband were both coaches. They know that hustle and bustle type of lifestyle. And she was like, you know, for our family, we had to make some changes and make things work. So she actually started the virtual school within our county. And, you know, she'll tell you, you know, even though you're working from home, it's not necessarily your kids could still be there. Like you're like, she was like, you still need a nanny because you're still teaching. You know, you still need to be engaging with your students. You can't still have a kid on your hip kind of thing. But the fun thing was, is you had the flexibility in your hours. You could change. So now when, you know, the school had mommies with muffins, Instead of me trying to rush to be at the high school at 720, you know, when school started, I was able to enjoy that moment with her and then start my class at nine o'clock. You know, it was that flexibility that she provided me and gave me. And then I was able, from that aspect, I could start working my athletic training, you know, freelance stuff in on that, you know, because her big thing is as long as you're getting the hours in and as long as your students are doing well and you're engaging, I don't care where you work from. So I could be, you know, out somewhere covering a track meet, have my computer up. If a student asks a question, I can reply back to them. But I'm still being able to have that freedom to come and go when I want. And so that was one of the big things that I really enjoyed. And that was something that kind of, you know, drawed me to that opportunity when it, it did come up and arrive. So, yeah. All right. So let's say... Kay is dead set on working with high school sports when she graduates in May. Okay, so what are some of the things that she needs to do to speak to in the interview, to set in place, to prepare for, to work in high school sports for at least one year? How are we going to help her prepare? And then, so while you guys are thinking, Paula, I think I'm going to start with you, okay? I'm going to start with you. But uh, we have... Eugene Wood saying, hey, Dr. Hesser, thanks for the conversation, and he's really enjoying it. And then Gabriella Zoe Nyla. That's my cousin. Thank you, Village. <laughs> so Gabriella is your cousin or Eugene? Oh, Eugene is my cousin. Okay. So then uh, Gabriella says, thank you. You get you guys are awesome. Um, okay. And so thanks for having this conversation and being open and sharing. So they're watching live on Facebook and sharing there. But Paula, what – does Kay need to do to prepare for that job next year if she's working in the high school? So Kay, it depends on where you're going to, what state you're going to work in. Um, I will say in Texas and, and most likely probably everywhere, there are jobs that um, require teacher cert. There are jobs that don't require teacher cert. Um, there are just different, you know, different types of things. But what I will say is um, working in a high school, what, my experience has been is that we uh, are looking for team approach. I mean, you're part of the staff of the school. And although we're athletic trainers, we're still teachers. And so um, being able to really express how you what this, to me what will set you apart is how you want to be part of the school culture and bring that through through the athletic training room as your experience and be able to 
strengthen the school through what you do with the student athletes and what you bring to the school um, from an educational perspective. So it depends on if you're being hired through the AD or if you're being hired through the principal, because um, it's it's different in different states and different schools. So, but I will I will say if you are willing to move to Texas, please um, see Aaron and myself um, and the community here. There are plenty of jobs here in Texas. Even at um, Houston Methodist, we have a a, um, a what do you call it? Um, what is it, Aaron? Not a residency outreach. Residence, the the residence, yeah. the residency program, um, where you can get some get some you know hands on um, experience and still continue to learn more from a physical therapy perspective. However, it's being in the schools and having that experience, that guided experience, and so that's an option too. If you're interested in that, please um, you know give me a ring after this. But I will definitely say. Um, just expressing how your your passion about athletic training, girl. I mean, kudos to you um, because I am only licensed in the state. I'm not nationally certified because I took the test, and I'm not shame. I took that test three times, and when I, we were taking it, you had to pass all three at the same time, and it was a booger. And I would pass one, fail one, pass two, fail. I mean, it, by by a point. And so I was like, you know what? I'm done. So I am literally here in the state of Texas. But like like Aaron said, you know, there's power in words there's power in showing up there's power in your presence and I don't let anything stop me and I see that in you as well get what you want but express your passion about athletic training and that will sit that will get you in my opinion get you the job that you want I know here um here in Florida so at least not not the whole state of Florida where I am locally they actually outsource to right. um like the PT clinic or and so I've actually been fortunate enough to where my preceptor is a supervisor of her region. And so I feel like if the opportunity and she herself is an athletic trainer, her husband is an athletic trainer and they have a six year old. And so I've actually been able to pick her brain and talk to her and find out like, you know, how is it as far as if I do need to bring her or whatever and She's open to it. They're open to it. Like her son is with us every day until if dad gets done with games first, he'll pick up. Um, he's at a aftercare that's literally directly across the street from the school. So those are things that I have been trying to take into consideration. Like, hey, you know, I can put her into a school that's going to be by wherever school that mm -hmm. I'm going to be. So therefore, I can go and pick her up and she would just have to hang out. Um, so, I mean, the more that I I speak to women like you all. Um, it does help me put things into perspective and help me figure out how I'm going to go about this or what it is that I'm going to do because I am basically winging it. I'm, I'm accomplishing and doing these things as they come, but I don't know what I'm doing, basically. Like, you know, I'm, life. I tell my daughter, that's, everybody. All, that's life. That's life. Yeah, this is my first time being a mom. This is your first time being a child. We figuring it out together. And mm -hmm. so I do want to take it, like, I mean, she's only nine. But when she comes for spring break, I want to have a conversation with her. This is what mommy is thinking about doing. Though she doesn't have a say-so necessarily, I hate it when my mom was basically, this is what it is. 
you know, and not have a conversation. So even though this is what it's going to be, I want to have her input and see how she feels about these things because just it has been an adjustment for her just between going back and forth. And we're used to being with each other all day, every day. And she's always been close with her dad as well. But we were, it was always, it has been majority me and her, you know, when she's not with him on the weekends or that type of stuff. So I just want to make sure that I'm not going to do anything to hinder her. And that is basically where, you know, it all came from. But I'm thankful to be able to talk to women like you because it puts a lot of stuff in perspective or you guys say things or phrase things in ways that I never thought about it like that. Or, you know, you I you don't think about it until you hear somebody else say it or you might say it a different way. And so I'm very appreciative even just of this conversation because just in these moments, I've started having lightning bolts like, okay, yeah, you know, I can write this down. I can think about doing it this way. You know, I can reach out to this person. And 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 as of right now, y'all my village. <laughs> I tell them that's this. What, that's the point. Like, I'm thankful for meeting her when I did um, during the summertime. Um, I actually, when I met, when we started talking, it was weren't one of my difficult times because one of my classmates had just passed away, literally like the week before. And she was one of the people that, you know, when she had off time from a clinical or whatever, my daughter would be over there with her. So like that right there was relationships, but you know, after her passing, I got close with her family. And her family, even though they're in Miami, I know that if anything was to happen, I can reach out to them. And th three hours is easier than 11 hours from her dad. You know what I mean? So anyway, that's my little spiel for that part. But I'm, I'm thankful for y'all just right now, just from having these conversations. No problem. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to yeah. help each other. I'll, you know, and just kind of going back to that question, the only thing advice I would give is when you're looking at high school, um, just be aware of um, their, I guess, a presence of their athletic trainers within the county, you know, what their expectations is. Because um, I know you said like, you know, over in, in Hillsboro, that's kind of- Well, great. I'm in Pasco. I'm in Pasco. Okay. Pasco, okay. So like, you know, you know, in that area, you know, most of them are outreach, you know, athletic trainers, things like that, just know the presence that the athletic trainers have, you know, as far as are they expecting you to teach classes? Are they expecting you only to show up at three o'clock? You know, mm -hmm. are you going to be the only athletic trainer at that high school? You know, those are going to be all important questions that sometimes people don't think about because they just get excited when they see a job opening mm -hmm. somewhere, you know, because um, I know I'm a person, I like the team approach. I like to be able to bounce ideas off of people. So if I was ever at a high school where I was the only athletic trainer there, I, I probably wouldn't have thrived as much as I have. But fortunately, you know, where I've been located, you know, gosh, we have like 20, 21, 22. They keep popping up high schools here in Orlando. It's ridiculous. You know, at every high school, we have two to three athletic trainers. So I always had like a toolbox of people that I could go through and ask, you know, because there's probably not a situation that it's been the first occurrence. So I could just kind of throw out feelers and be like, hey, has anybody encountered this? How did you handle it? What did you do? Um, and always had that response back. So if you have a good AT present within that area, you're never working necessarily by yourself. Because I know there's been cases where something did happen 
with athletic trainers and all of their athletic trainers at the school couldn't cover. And they'll be real quick to call one of us and be like, hey, I know this is your off night. Can you please come over and cover this event? And we just get it cleared with our admin and we'll go over there and cover and, you know, flip-flop and switch. So it's nice to have that camaraderie of other, you know, they may not necessarily be your village, but they're your professional village that mm-hmm. can help you professionally when things do occur family-wise. So always take that into consideration. And that's awesome how you said they have their son there. So you know that that's already a family-oriented style that, you know, they're going to be willing and open and accepting. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the high school as well. Um, the parents making a strong um, connection with the parents is very important. It's mm-hmm. not about it's not about the injury. It's not about the clinical skills that you have. It's about I'm here for your kid. Mm-hmm. Right. I will treat your kid like I would treat my kid. And I've been doing that before I had kids. So I think for me, it's the thing that has allowed me to move through the industry and continue. I don't I don't like to say that high school is below college and college is below, you know, pro sports. Right. It's just where you are at the moment. You know, uh, there are our profession, you know, athletes that are at the profession, athletic trainers that are in professional sports, you know, sports and entertainment, because that's what it is at that level, who would love to work at the high school. Mm-hmm. It's just where you are at the moment. But when you're in that high school setting, every parent wants to make sure that their kid is okay. If you can reassure them that you're going to do what you would do for your kid, you're good. I mean, I had parents, like I told you, I had parents come to his kindergarten graduation. Mm-hmm. My football parents came to, to that. My football kids and, and mom, because the kid didn't drive yet, right. brought, brought the brought the quarterback to my son's birthday party because he was like I'll dress up in a costume for him whatever you want to do like they followed him he followed them around when it was time for trophy time and stuff my kids in the in the championship picture holding the trophy up they're like who is that kid he's always there but someone was always able to look out for me he has big brothers he's got big sisters but he also had aunts and uncles in the in the school parents because you never know some of them may let's say their kid played softball but they might watch your kid during football season right you don't know but if you can if you make those connections with them then you have it and 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 even now as my son is older in middle school he went to private school those coaches really really looked out for him now he didn't he didn't stay he only stayed one year for other reasons, but as far as the relationship with them, we co- they asked me to be the athletic trainer on site. I did it. I still have that as a contract, but they still make sure my kid is all right, whether he's at that school or not. They still ask about him. They still check on him. If I need anything, all I got to do is send a text or pick up the phone. So just at the high school level, it's about connections. And you'll find that you'll, you'll have people support you on and off the field. It's, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. a blood relative. Seriously, it doesn't. I think one of the things that you said a second ago, Kay, was you have to let people help you. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that even I struggle with. Like I said, I'm married. I have three kids. My wife's parents live close by. You know, we have friends at church and things like that. And I still have trouble just saying, hey, can you help me? You know, mm-hmm. so anything you wanted to add on specifically her first job that she needs to look out for? Because the next thing I would like to ask, Dr. Abner, is how did you 
as a single or as Aaron put it, individual mom pursue a doctorate degree? And so that's that's what <laughs> I want to go to next. But anything else y'all have for Kay? Uh, <clears throat> it was I did a lot of praying when you know when I was ready to kind of take that leap and I knew I needed to make a transition. I did a lot of praying just to try to figure out what move I needed to do. Um, and ideally, it's really funny. Um, I had a vision that I was like, oh, my goodness. Okay, well, now the athletic training is moving to masters. You know, they're going to want to hire individuals with a doctorate degree. Um, so my goal was, I was like, if I could get into the, you know, collegiate setting, not necessarily doing on the athletic training realm, but more in the instructional side, that was where I was heading because I know that job was, you know, like we said, more your nine to five, but I still wanted to be like hands deep in athletic training. I didn't want to forego athletic training, period. I wanted to still be able to build the profession and have my hands written all over it as we, um, you know, make this transition and go through everything. So when the vision hit, they're like, you need to get your doctorate degree so that you can make that transition into the collegiate realm. I was full go. Like, I think I had the dream in June and I started at AT still that August. Like I had it, I think it was like a week before NATA. So then when I went to NATA, I was in the exhibit hall looking at all the different um, doctorate programs they had out there and the different schools that they were offering. And I just started talking to a couple of different individuals. Probably right after that, I applied, got in, started the program, and, um, you know, went from there. It was, I, when I think back, I don't know how I did it, you know, because I was a crazy person. I knew I was on a two-year plan. I wanted to finish that degree in two years. So I took the max number of classes. I still held down my full-time job. I, like, I don't know how I did it. People are like, you were insane. But I just knew within two years, by the time my daughter hit third grade, I wanted, you know, I wanted to be in that transition so that she could move on and start doing more, you know, of the sports. At that time, she was doing swimming and gymnastics. And so at that time, I wanted to be able to focus more on those areas. But, I mean, it was, it was prayer. It was a lot. Like, I even think now um, I took that blind faith because I was so sure – that collegiate was going to be where I wanted to be at, that, you know, the last year I was in school, I actually left the high school because I, the high school knew I was leaving. I hired people to, I could kind of train them up and everything. So when I left, I was going to leave them empty handed. Cause like I said, I opened that school. That was like my baby. I've been there for like 18 years. You know, that was my, you know, it was like another child of mine, that program and building everything up. So when I knew that they were ready, I told them, and I took that year off just to finish up, you know, my doctorate degree. And like I said, I was laser focused on getting a collegiate job until one day, one of my girlfriends called. She was like, we are in dire need of an online teacher. Like, would you be willing to do it? And now I think about it. I'm like, do I want a collegiate job? Like, do I want to actually have to go in somewhere and report and clock in? Or is this nice? So I do really like it. And I still work, you know, as an adjunct at a college. So I still have my hands in it, maybe not as involved as I would like, but, you know, it's still there. And so everything changes. Like we said, it morphs and changes. You don't, you know, you wake up one day with one dream and then next thing you know, you're blessed with something different that works with your family 10 times better. 
Before um, Aaron speaks, because um, this is their this is their area of expertise. Jeremy, I oh. just want to thank you for providing this opportunity and forum for us to talk about this. This is amazing. I'm oh. going to have to sign off for a hospital meeting, but it has been a pleasure to share with all of your viewers, Jeremy, and with you ladies. Honored to be on the platform this morning. Thank you for listening to my stories, and I am available if anybody wants to know more, and um, if anybody wants any help with anything. Um, you know, we are open and we are a community of love and love to share and be able to take you to the next level. Okay. We're here for media you. Request. Your media request. I'll take them for you. Absolutely. Erin yes. can handle it. She knows where I am. So thank you again, Jeremy. And thank you, Erin, for inviting me. And it was a pleasure meeting you ladies and y'all have a great day. So for the, for the podcast only <laughs> listeners, you missed the Paula Cook mischievous eyes when she said, if you want to know more, so hit up those DMs. <laughs> Um, what I was going to say about the, uh, the doctor was I, uh, my son helped me with my homework. That was it. I mean, um, I kind of, I kind of coach him as a parent, like coaching. I, I, I do more of a coaching style, like, all right, all right, this is what we got to do. Okay. Everybody in? He's like, oh no, I don't. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Let's go. Everybody in, everybody in. We got to do it. We got to do it. Whatever it is, whatever it is, if it is. Like we got to clean up the room or we got to go to such and such. We got to, you know, I have a meeting have to ride with me. And um, I used to ask his teachers for the ISBN numbers off the back of the books, like the barcode mm -hmm. so that he'd be able to do his work whenever I was working, you know, so he wouldn't be attached to a computer and locked in where, you know, we don't have Wi-Fi or something. If we're outside at a game, like, here's your work. You don't have an excuse. Whatever books they had at school, I, I actually got on Amazon and um, other book sites and I would buy all of his books. So we had duplicates. So number one, I could help him. But number two, there was no excuse in him getting his work done because we wouldn't get home until like super late at night. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as going to school, like she said, it's a lot of prayer and even when I actually started school I had I had custody of my niece and I took custody of her as a teenager so I had two two completely different kids one a teenager <laughs> a teenager and a girl I was like oh too much there's too much too many hormones going and we would just, we would just go at it we would go at it but I think it was good for both of us and um um, my village grew even bigger at that time. I mean, I, I just think whatever you need at the time, you'll get it. You just mm -hmm. have to pray about it and yeah. and match the words up with what you want to see. I got a question real um, quick oh, for y'all, real quick. Um, mm -hmm. how, we kind of guided the huh? sports. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, like, how the, did, the sports that he ended up participating in were based on my schedule. I, oh, I couldn't okay. let him play football. Not that I didn't want to. I'm working football season. We got to deal with whatever's paying the bills. Football pays the bills. That means you can't do soccer or football right now. You got to do something in the off season. And it's, I mean, that's just work. Did, so. did any of those like late nights as far as like having them with you guys late or, you know, did it affect anything academically or them waking up in the morning the next day? Like how, what's, what's so, late or like, that's what my main thing, one of them is too, like her waking up the next morning. Okay. Just for the word of this. Okay. Being flexible 
be be adaptable be an athletic trainer it's not a job it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i have i have to really like it, it took until this christmas for like my mom and i to really for her to really like lock into what i'm saying like christmas break is my only window off Right. Even if I want to come home for Christmas break, it's my only window off for me to not do anything, not clean up after anything, nothing. And so I didn't go home this Christmas because I needed to, I just needed a minute. It's a lifestyle. Because I know as soon as I come back, I'm going right back into it. Um, with the sleep thing, I literally kept a stroller, like that mm-hmm. little fold little thing. Sometimes they used to have the little canopy on top. It, I, I didn't get the canopy one, but I had one of those until he was nine. Why? Because he would fall asleep in the car on the way home. We lived in a one bedroom apartment at the time. He had the bedroom. It was like a loft bed. So I can't get him up the loft bed to get him in the bed. I would come in from work, double park the car, put the flashers on, go in the apartment, pump up the air mattress, come back out to the car, put him in the stroller. And he's like nine. Seven, uh, yeah, he was like eight and a half, nine. And I would roll him back in and then I would dump him like a wheelbarrow <laughs> on the air mattress and come back out and move the car. I mean. Yeah. It is what? Listen, my baby is almost five <laughs> feet one. I'm not picking her up. I can't. She's yeah. saying, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't picking him up, but but then. Oh, she, I'm like, she's going to have to wake up. Yeah, they'll sleep well. Like, I know Zaria, when she was younger, I used to have, like, a pop-up playpen that I kept in the athletic training room, you know, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. as she got older, we were always – and the high school I worked at was probably about 20, 25 minutes from our house. We lived on opposite sides of Orlando. And so <laughs> I would take her in the girls' locker room. She would change into her PJs. We would brush our teeth. And so when she did mm-hmm. fall asleep in the car, especially when she got older, she wasn't fully awake. She would sleepwalk. Like, I would just, you know, get her out of the car, and she would walk, even though she would, she doesn't even remember the whole drive home. But she never had really an issue waking up in the morning because that was our normal. Like, that's just what she was always used to was, okay. you know, getting up, things like that. Um, but my child, she's also a night owl. Like, she, once she got probably past, like, five or six, she would stay up. Like, it will be a couple times where she will fall asleep on the way home. But normally, she, she stays up. Even now, I'm trying to yell at her to get in bed at, like, 9, 9.30. I'm like, all right, mom's tapping out. I got to go to bed. I can't take it anymore. And she's like, all right. <laughs> and she comes and tucks me in and gives me a kiss goodnight. Because yep. she's just a night owl kind of person. Sure. Like, that's just her. She's always been that way. But it's never okay. affected her school. Yep. I've never had a teacher call and say, oh, she's falling asleep in class. She's so tired. Like, never had any of that. Because we did. We squeezed in homework okay. in the athletic training room. So when she got home, she didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. You know? That would be where, where knowing your environment works, especially at the high school, knowing whether or not they make you clock in at a certain time or if they're going to give you the leeway to move mm-hmm. around based on the number of hours that you have to spend there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to, like during those times, come in maybe like 9, 9.30. Right. So they give him a, enough time to sleep because I would take the late um and then I, I have to be in until like 1 30. oh perfect but you just have to worry about his school time or her school time that's you just have to worry about her school time oh that's perfect it's yeah. like and the thing like now that i'm listening to y'all because y'all sound like 11 12 o'clock you know what i mean i won't be there that Sometimes late it was. Like, no. if you go to the emergency room if someone got hurt after that True. game I'm going to the 
emergency right. room. Varsity so football. first thing I do in the emergency room is get, I walked in and I would say, I need a wheelchair blanket and a pillow. And they'd be like, what? I'm like, yeah, wheelchair blanket pillow. And I dump him in it and I would mm-hmm. put him in the wheelchair, cover him up. And then we just sit at the hospital until right. that kid was taken care of or the parent came or whatever it was that happened. I've taken him to the emergency room plenty of times and then we don't get home until late. Um, okay. At the collegiate that level. Was- I'm sorry. That wasn't a norm. Like no, no, no but you got to be ready that was on the emergency situation. Yeah, but you got to be ready for it any day. It can happen right. any day, um, mm-hmm. at any time. You got to always have gas in the car, mm-hmm. enough money on the car to park at the hospital, enough money to feed him when you get there, mm-hmm. um, and a blanket in the car doesn't hurt. It's just like keeping your rain gear in the car. Like be ready all the time. And um, the jump when I- at the collegiate level, I had to, I was traveling. I had to be at work at like 5.30 in the morning or even earlier for, for morning practice football. And then, you know, we're traveling. So I'm, I'm traveling all over the place, riding the bus, we're flying out. Um, he was in middle school at that time. And I think it did affect him. I'm not gonna lie and say it didn't, it did affect him um, because he was he was going to the games at night with me. You know, he would go to the game at night. We don't get out till 11, 11.30. And he'd have to be at school at 7. And he, the teacher did say something about it. And I said, okay, I know the drill. I know the drill. I know about mandated reporting. I'm not getting turned in. I pulled him out of school and I homeschooled him for two years because I refused for to allow anybody to report me for being a hardworking parent. Uh-huh. You're not, I mean, he's not neglected. He's just sleepy. When I was like, if you come to school late in the morning for music, do not tell them you were on ESPN last night. And he's coming in like, yeah, I was on TV last night. I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. So, so eventually we just, um, I pulled him out um, and I, I set up my office at work. I had a desk and he had a desk and then I, I paid somebody to come in and facilitate the, the lessons. And I had another lady drive him like I paid for her to drive him from home at like eight o'clock so he could sleep in and bring him to school. And then he could do his work on like a regular school day. And I would be, I'd already been at work at like four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. So, you know, you just do what you gotta do. And then then when it changes, you do something else. I get it, I understand. Jeremy, did we leave the topic? <laughs> no, that's what this conversation is for. I am not a single mom, and so the the things, the questions that Kay has, she's dealing with this now. It doesn't get any better than, "Hey, I'm about to hit this. What do I do?" And you guys have been there, so it's it's as good as it gets. Um, so, Aaron, you've had you made a lot of adjustments, right? And then Dr. Abner, you also said you made a lot of pivots and shifts. What do you think mm-hmm. has been the best part about being an athletic trainer? and a mom you got it doc you go first i'll go uh-huh. second um i just like especially because i do a lot of stuff with special olympics too i just like the different exposures that my daughter has been around you know she knows how to handle you know an individual with special needs all the way through you know collegiate athletes because you know especially if i'm working sometimes doing um other things she's been there with me And that's nice because I like, A, because I tell her she's too young to diagnose because she'll come home. She's like, Mommy, I know such and such did this in PE class. 
and everything. She's like, I told him to ice and to elevate. So I like to see that little mini like thing, you know, things when she tells mm-hmm. her classmates. But I also like, you know, a couple weeks ago when we went to a theme park, because like we said, Florida's wide open. Um, and there was a girl behind us that was special needs and her friend kind of shied away from the girl because she was like, oh, she's a little different. She's a little... But because of athletic training and because Zari has been in that, you know, realm of different people, of different intellects and different, you know, physical ability, she made a friend. She talked to that little girl. She, you know, welcomed her. And if I wasn't in this profession, she wouldn't have been that exposed to all the different things that she has been exposed to that makes her, you know, I think as a better person that she's going to eventually grow up to be. I agree. Um, so I would have to say my answer would be the same. Uh, Jeremy, let me, he said he was going to let me screen share. I wanted to show y'all something real quick. I don't know if you can see it. Can you see it? Uh, well, it's coming yeah. up. There we go. Yeah. So, expo- exposure. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, like I said, he's gone everywhere I go. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things that, I mean, it's, it's what I ask for when, when I come to any space. Like, can I bring my kid? Can I show him around? Can I at least let him see what I do so he can see, you know, how this affects his life? And so the perks are things like this. This was his 10th birthday. Who goes, who goes to see? In the same day, you meet Chris Paul, Elijah Wan, Trevor Ariza, and you get a Harden autograph all in the same day for your 10th birthday. Like, who, mm-hmm. who gets to do that? I mean, it blows my mind. And, and, and that actually comes from my athletic training village. I have um, relationships with the athletic trainers there um, and their families for him to be able to go back here. This is, this is in the loading dock. This is, you know, by the locker room and to even be able to go in the locker room and, and hang out with those athletes to be able to take those memories with you. And now that I'm with um, USA track and field and working with these Olympic athletes, um it started when he was a youth track athlete these people come and see him in my office i mean they they he gets to see them in my office you know whatever it is if he needed advice he has a whole bunch of brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles that you know are on posters and billboards and and all that kind of stuff and it's not about the fame but it's about the access so that he's in a position to be able to do anything that he wants to do. And he's already, I mean, they remember him from being little. And as they see him mature, it puts him in position to be able to access those relationships and nurture those relationships. I think um, whatever he, my kid wants to do, there's no stopping him. Right. And, and a I lot of it has to do with the exposure I've given him. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I would say that's awesome because I was just thinking too, you know, with our athletic population that we work with, that's all different walks of life. So Zaria was able Mm -hmm. to be exposed to, you know, at my high school, we had a lot of homeless students that, you know, lived in hotels. She was exposed to those, you know, those other, in her case, students or other athletes that she talked to all the way up to the ones that were well off. But she knew that, you know, where you, you know, she has that mindset that, where you come from is not necessarily where you're going to end up. So those students that were homeless, that were, you know, busting their butt with their schoolwork because they wanted to get out, you know, they relied on schoolwork and athletics. She knows that where they started isn't going to be where they ended up. 
So that was a good aspect. And I think it also led her to see where we see the opposites, where you have this athlete that has all this God-given talent, but they're a horrible person. And that talent doesn't always translate well across the board. They're amazing on the field, but they're just horrible overall. And, you know, and she'll come and she's like, mommy, why are they like that? Why do they have to be like that? Why do, why do they leave their ice bag on the treatment table? The trash is right next to the door on the way out. Like, you know, and so she's one of those people where now she cleans up, she organizes, she wants to leave a space better than how she found it. And I think that was this little lesson that she saw in the athletic training room where some people did, some people did not. And it, it all helped mold their personality. That's all it is. You know, you see what you like and what you don't like. And you, if you don't like it, you do the opposite. Your daughter sounds like my daughter. <laughs> I, if she is, then dear, I pray for you. Because sometimes I, I'm like, no. Jesus. <laughs> she's not <laughs> for sure. I tell my child that she's been on this earth before. If I believed in reincarnation, this is definitely her probably third or fourth time around. This is not, she's not a newbie on this earth. She's definitely more wise beyond the years that she's physically been here. I agree. So. It's a gift for her. <laughs> All right. As we close it up, I'm going to ask for one, like one sentence, like a, like a billboard slogan or something that you would use to encourage moms and then... Uh, we will we'll leave it with that. So while you're while you're thinking about your one like key takeaway, one key lesson that you're gonna just just end it up with, um, I'll I'll do some of the housekeeping stuff. So on social media, I'm Mr. Jeremy Jackson. You can find me. Reach out that way, and I can connect you with any of these ladies that can share their story or join and walk walk beside you. Or again, this is SportsMedicineBroadcast.com/slash/single-mom-ats. And as they talked about the availability of online courses, I partner with physicaltherapy.com. And then you go to physicaltherapy.com slash one free course, physicaltherapy.com slash one free course, and it'll get you started. And they also have, I think it's $99 for a full year of CEUs. So that that way you can take classes online and you can do them on your own schedule and do it within a budget. And then maybe you're not paying out so much of that weekend tournament money for childcare because you're not having to go to courses as well. All right, so Kay, we're gonna start with you. What is okay. your one takeaway or one last of word of encouragement for individual mom ATs? Um, so for me, I always say you never know what you can do until you have no other option. Um, that for me, um, or you never put all your energy into things that you don't have control over. Um, those two things have helped me a lot. Um, I was always a parent who worked three jobs at a time, um, just did whatever it was that I needed to do. Um, for me, it is more so whatever it is that you want to do, there's no limit in doing it. And you might not do it on your timing that you think is your timing. But for me, I knew athletic training was what I wanted to do. Life happened, but I knew I was going to get back to it because that's where my heart was. So I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to do whatever it is that I need to do to make my dreams come true. And I want my daughter to realize that as well. So it's never too late. Um, I'm your non-traditional student. I have lived life and it's still doable no matter what age or whatever it is that you're going through. Like whatever you want to do is possible. 
All right, Dr. Hessler. So um, the thing that I would say, <laughs> my favorite person, because um, that's his degree too, you know, um, would be athletic training as a lifestyle. And when I say that, it means the way that we operate in our workspace, um, being flexible, being um, willing to work hard, uh, being a problem solver. If you can use that in your day-to-day -day and in your parenting, you'll be okay. And I think if, if when you separate the two, it's almost like um, coaches are coaches all the time, period. They're coaches all the time. If you take them off the court, I mean, off the court or off the field, they're probably going to coach the dog to go poop, right? They're just, uh -huh. they don't know how to separate it. And I think <laughs> we have to make what we do so believable so that the athletes will trust us. I mean, it's, that's what it is. The way that we operate at work, if you if you take some of those principles or a lot of those principles into the way you operate at home, when the schedule changes at, at work, what do you do? Still gotta show up, still got a game. They, they rain out, now it's at six instead of at four. I wanted to get off, I wanted to go to that wedding, I needed to go to that funeral. Whatever it is, you make the adjustment for work. Make the adjustment for the people that are the most important to you. And then I think you'll be able to find that balance. And hopefully it'll swing where, where you're putting more of that energy into those people than the workspace. Because then when you do that, then you'll be able to um, increase your value in the workspace. Because you know how I am about um, being paid equitably. But I think we'll be able to uh, earn, earn better pay and be able to pick the jobs that you want. So. Right, That's what you. I got. And thank you, Jeremy. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. I know I got a, I got a t-shirt up at the top. I got another one for you. That's on the way in. Um, I do want to say that um, I'll, I'll put some information out. I do have my background here. Uh, we'll be having the sisterhood mixer uh, June 17, 2021. It will be virtual. Um, that is for women of color and athletic training, which is how I met um, Kay and uh, Tashandra did uh, come with us when we were, where were we in Vegas? Vegas. I think we were in Vegas and that was when I was on, on the podcast with Jeremy and Alicia uh, Pennington at the AT Advantage. So um, I'll be talking to you about that and get some more information to you. But the website is www.the, so T-H-E, sisterhood.net, the sisterhood.net. And you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at AT Sisterhood. Perfect. I got it. Um, and I just want to say thank you for having me today. Um, my, I guess, words would be a little different. I am a big component on, you know, self-care, self-love. It's not being selfish. A lot of times as even athletic trainers, as mothers, we're always willing to bend over backwards to make things work. And sometimes even if it's at the cost of our own personal health and, you know, sometimes even sanity at some time. Um, just making sure that you are remembering to take a step back every once in a while to take care of yourself as an individual, because if you are not a whole healthy individual, you are not going to make a good athletic trainer or a good mother. And so a lot of times I think we forget to kind of take that time to breathe, tell people, you know, I just need a little bit 
instead of always being on the go, 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 then that's my word of advice is, you know, take care of yourself, that self-love, not being selfish, it's taking care of yourself to make sure that you could be the best person for every other individual that's relying on you. All right. And then again, before we close it out, I'm going to ask you for the best way to contact you. I know, Aaron, you already mentioned the AT Sisterhood. So I'm going to ask you for the best way to contact you. Brandon Holland is a great pick. I think he was talking about the Akeem Olajuwon one there, but maybe the DAT one as well. And that's our classmate. Again, Gabriella, Zoe, Nilo has been super active in the chat. Thank you for being there and encouraging. Uh, Keith Garnett has been checking in as well like i said the hey, eugene wood so all of those that's, have commented live that's samantha and... nyla out in your shore. oh 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 that's sam nyla oh that's sam yeah oh, sam, sam sam's my buddy <laughs> i love sam okay all right sam i wish i would have known that i would have made some more comments but i love sam nyla out at north shore so sweet <laughs> all right best way to contact you dr abner uh, you can either do email or my, um, I guess, social media. All my social medias are pretty much the same. It's Tishandra Abner on Instagram and on Facebook. On Twitter, it's tbird underscore zero one. And then email, it's just my first name, tishandra.abner01 at gmail.com. All right, Kay. Maybe just Instagram at Muscles and Mascara at 2016. Muscles and Mascara. Oh, that's you? I didn't know that was you. Yeah, I had a personal training business for a while, and then um, it just turned into, like, my athletic training stuff. <laughs> sometimes it does that, and sometimes you mix it up. You both, so you never know where you end up. All right, interesting. It's just part of your story. But I appreciate it. I appreciate you all so much. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just saying, Jeremy, thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, Jeremy, thank you. Um, This is my first time meeting you, but I look forward to speaking to you again sometime in the future. Um, Ms. Erin, thank you so much for inviting me. I learned a lot from you all. I'm appreciative of you all. Um, Ms. Dr. Abner, you will hear from me soon as well. So, um, I said only an hour away, so. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So yes, we will be making a visit. So hopefully outside will be opening up kind of soon for us. You know, mm-hmm. we're open, but we still got to wear masks and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, this is sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash single mom ATs. Sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash single mom ATs. I appreciate y'all being open and willing to share your story um, and to educate me. And one last thing I, I didn't ask, so I guess we'll just kind of make it quick is what do you feel like is the best thing that I can do to help you as a single or individual mom athletic trainer? I, know I that's think kind you're of a, doing it. I don't know if we can, can we do that quick. <laughs> I think this is, you're doing it. Okay. Like this is, this is good. I mean, I'd never, I never thought about having that conversation. Not like that. I mean, so when you asked me, I was like, um, I am, huh? I guess that I am right. Oh, okay. I don't know. Sure. We'll talk about it. But I, I think this was good. Giving us a platform was great. I I agree because I know in the county that I work in, even though it's big, I was the only one that's in this situation. So I didn't have anybody else to ask questions. So just making other people aware that they're not on an island by themselves and it is doable. You know, it's not possible. You don't have to go back to school and change your whole entire career because, you know, life happens. 
um, kind of thing. So I think this was awesome just to kind of get our stories out there and let people know that they're not alone. Oh, one more thing. I think um, maybe, you know, when we start talking policy, you know, you and I met with the World Federation and we, there may be some other opportunities to talk policy with people about workplace environment because there is no such thing as a substitute in athletic training. Mm -hmm. You're going to come to work or you're going to lose that day or something, you know, come to work, half sick and still showing up for a game. Like there has to be another plan for that. So maybe figuring that part out because it's not part of the regular subsystem in the schools. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm all in. I love that idea. <laughs> all right. Let's work on it. All right, Kay. Any, anything that you think that I could do to help you as a single or individual mom athletic trainer? Um, again, I think I agree that you're already doing it. Um, I love the fact that I get to see women that look like me that have gone through the same struggles that I have gone through or, you know, have gone through struggles that I didn't go through so that I don't have to go through the struggles. So um, I'm appreciative of just having this platform and being able to be, you know, exposed to this. So just the exposure, I think you're doing a great job with just opening up and having these having these talks. All right. Well, ladies, thank you very much. So again, sportsmedicinebroadcast.com slash single mom ATs for Jeremy, Dr. Hassler, Dr. Abner, Kay, who's working on her graduate degree, and uh, uh, Paula Cook, who had to bounce on us earlier, and everybody that was in the chat, that is a wrap. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. Great job. Thank you. Thank you.